1: See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, Positively FedEx.
2: Please welcome Drew Barrymore.
0: Such a good day. Thank you so much for taking the time. We have such an awesome mega show for you. Um, My dear friend and human puppy dog, he's your favorite, he's my favorite. Um, He's Jimmy Fallon. He's here. So he has a brand new children's book out, and we are gonna get a little competitive with each other. Jimmy's very competitive. And I think the reason his show works so well with all of his games is because he's not there to let everybody win and be cute. He comes to play. So we're gonna play here. We might regret Stick around to see why we might regret it, cause it's gonna get interesting. But first, let's kick things off in the best way we know how, and that is that fresh dose of good news that boy, can we all use. You wanna hit the headlines? It's time for Drews News. When life flattens your tires, we'll pump them back up with that good news air. Oh, oh,
1: oh,
0: <laughs> oh. Um, well, with me at the desk is my dearest friend who I know could always change any tire, is Ross Matthew. No, like, call a different friend. I know. I do you keep
1: a jack in your car? I don't even know if I keep a jack in my, Sorry, what's a jack? I don't know. My dad was a mechanic and you would have thought that he would have taught me how to change a tire. And maybe he tried, but I was not interested.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, that's your story. Well, here's a fun story, a really fun one. There's a brand new job opening up at Buckingham Palace, and Drew Barrymore, I feel like you might need to apply for this one. Apartment Therapy reports the queen is hiring a decorator. She wants to redecorate the entire royal household room by room. So she's she's looking for someone with a passion for historic buildings, check. Good communication skills, uh, check, check. And a natural team player, check, check, check. Uh, the job pays $40,000 a year. It has full benefits and a pension, and you get 33 days off a year. (gasps) All right. So, madam, is this a job you'd want, and what would you do with it?
0: I love designing.
1: You've got a great aesthetic. So much. I want to get her one of those neon signs above her bed that just says "Yas Queen." I got it figured out.
0: I love that. (laughs) Yeah, right? But who would not want to work as a designer? You're out there making people's spaces brighter and happier places for them to be. Queen or no queen, I'm in.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And I think it's time for the whole royal family. They need a little refresh on everything, right? So let's start with a little decor. (laughs)
0: Well, this is um, a story I found and I thought, oh, I have to bring this to the desk. Okay, so attention New Yorkers. We are officially the first city where this is happening. Uber is joining forces with Yellow cabs. The New York Times reports that starting this spring, Uber will allow you to order a yellow taxi on their app. They're teaming up with the two apps that already exist for yellow cab, Curb and CMT. And if you order a yellow cab on Uber, you'll pay Uber rates, including surge prices. Mm. What do you think?
1: Well, I think we have to. They have to make this kind of change because it's a brand new world. I just have to say as somebody with a proud 4.89 Uber rating, I hope that this doesn't affect it because I'm really proud of that. I do have to say, I am
0: 4.89 is good. I don't know what my Uber rating is. I I know that I'm a, a happy passenger. Yeah. But I feel like I'm also a late to get downstairs passenger. Oh, that's gonna affect
1: your score. 4.89, 4.89, that means I'm polite. I'm curious, I talk but I don't overtalk.
0: <laughs> Do you choose the like talk to me or don't talk to me button? I, I- let them figure it out, you
1: know what I mean? So you, you,
0: you, you say yes, I, I allow conversation. Express yourself through Uber. Okay, how many hands, show, raise of hands, say no to conversation on your Uber app? Right there, proud, I love it. Um, I'm sorry, aren't you glad you raised your hand now? Okay, why do, you, why do you do it? I talk about this all the time to my coworkers because I work overnight shifts and I just feel like that's a no conversation.
1: Like, it's acceptable. It should be acceptable. Yeah. Yes, to me. And
0: you like that option. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I like your approach.
3: Okay. Thank you, you too.
0: All right, well this story um, really spoke to me. The Baltimore Museum of Art just opened a new exhibit curated by their own security guards. The Week, my favorite magazine reports, the exhibit is called Guarding the Art and it's up through July. So the museum asked 17 of their security guards that obviously are in the you know building all day, every day, mm-hmm. to select works from the collection that were important and meaningful to the security guards guard Ben Bjork picked a chair made out of pencils by artist Jeremy Aldean, because Ben says he spends a lot of the day thinking about sitting down.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, right?
0: Um, Ross.
1: (laughs) The fact that they got to choose to curate a show based on what they love, just made me feel like it was so accessible and so doable. I felt, no, that's a show I wanna go see. So well done to this museum. All right. We have to talk about bedtimes. Think about what time you guys go to bed. MarthaStewart.com reports, according to a new survey, to get the best sleep, you gotta go to bed by 9.39 p.m. Survey respondents said that that is the optimal time for excellent sleep. And you know, millennials, they go to bed the earliest. What, really? Really? Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I feel like you're, you're in like a night owl, right?
0: I feel like the thing I struggle with with bedtime is pretty much everything else I struggle with in my life is I'm such an extremist who's totally inconsistent. I so wanna be that type A person, but I'm a hot type B mess. Everybody who has it all scheduled out and is hitting the sack by 9.39, I'm so happy for you. I wish I was like you and I'm just so not.
1: No. But I
0: want to be that 9.39 person, Yeah, I I, do.
1: I don't know about a set bedtime. That seems like kind of boring. You gotta live life a little bit. You know what I mean? Like for me, it just depends on how much 90 Day Fiance is on the DVR when I go to bed, right?
0: Funny enough, after the break, we're gonna hit some more headlines um, with a fresh take from none other than one of the most important talented comedians, comedian, Pete Holmes. In fact, Pete. Hi Pete. Hi. Hi. Before we go to break, what is your bedtime?
2: Well, we have a three-year-old and she goes to bed at 7.30 and we're so tired, that's when we'd like to go to bed. Yeah. But we stay up for four more hours because if we don't, she wins.
0: (laughs) And you want that time to yourself. you have
2: to otherwise you you stay up all day with her you're playing with her all day and then you go to bed and then you just begin again i need that 90 day fiance time
0: thank you i love you so much (laughs) i cannot wait to talk more with you your wisdoms your humor your everything we'll be right back after the break together okay it's time to
4: commit
0: One of our favorite guests of the show. He came on early in the pandemic. He was one of the very first guests I was lucky enough to interview, and he brought me to tears with his wisdoms. But he's also the most brilliant comedian with a big heart and a brand new sitcom. It premieres tonight on CBS, and here's a look at how we roll.
2: Sorry, Arch, my game's off. I just told Jen this morning I wanted to be a pro bowler. Yes, finally, I've been waiting for this for 20 years. How'd it go? She stared at me, didn't say anything, as if I had just told her I wanted to be a pro bowler.
0: Please welcome the one, the only, Pete Holmes. Hi. Hello,
2: hello, Hello. hello. My hair is shorter, hello. I got a haircut.
1: Hello. Oh, you look good. Oh, Pete Holmes. Oh, thank you we very much. Me. You
2: guys look great.
0: Really? Hair and makeup.
1: Really? I woke up like this, so
2: good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Pete, I'm so excited about this new show. Your character, Tom, gets laid off and becomes a professional bowler. Tell us everything. Also, do you hit turkeys? Because I love <laughs> saying turkey when bowling. And can you explain what a turkey is what and did- tell us about the show?
2: Oh my God, you want me to explain, a turkey is a, is a, a fowl, it's a bird, it's a delicious uh, dry meat <laughs> that, that you only get if you hit three strikes in a row in bowling, I believe. That's, that's it, it. Uh, that's it. Well done. Thank you, you very much. It. I'm impressed. Thank you, thank you very much.
1: Were you a bowler before this?
2: Only, you know, we did Candlepin, because I'm from Boston. That's, this is, on the show, we do uh, 10 pin bowling. Wait, but candle what's Candlepin?
1: Candlepin, is, is candle please.
2: It's like a hard cantaloupe that you roll at smaller pins. You can hold it in your hand.
1: Is it a real melon?
0: (laughs) I (laughs) know I'm picturing full honeydew. Right, that's what I went to. You know what?
2: What? I'm gonna say yes, it is a a real melon because I want you living the rest of your life telling people that in Boston we bowl with fruit. With fruit. (laughs) Yes. These balls that we used on the show, and we use real balls, they're like 10-pound balls, the ones that you put your fingers in yeah. and roll. Yeah,
0: 10-pound balls Let's try- Let's stop
2: right now. <laughs> Drew, you would have been a real fit on the set, because we couldn't stop. Everybody would say, somebody get Pete's ball bag. Where's Pete's ball bag?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
2: This is my kind of show. <laughs>
0: Welcome home. And you are our kind of guy, Pete. In fact, will you hit some (laughs) headlines with us? I will. All right. Thank God, because we always need your take on things. All right. Ross. Uh
2: Your story. Uh, Up
1: first, we've got a biggie when it comes to relationships. Here's a question. How soon is too soon to say, I love you? Yeah, I know. Well and good talk to relationship experts who put an actual number on it. They say you should wait until at least three months before you say it. Oh, the audience agrees, they do. (laughs) Uh, They say three to five months is the ideal window for saying I love you. And it works the other way too. If you're not feeling it by five months, then Houston, we may have a problem. I think there is no too soon. It's just like, don't say it first (laughs) because, right? There's such a risk in that. Oh God, I don't, that makes me so uncomfortable. I love you. Anything? So you won't say it first, Rossi. I didn't say it first. No, well he said it first to me. Have you ever said it first to anyone? No.
2: Ross, let's do a trust exercise right now. Say it to me. I promise I got you.
1: I love you, Pete. I love
2: you too.
1: Ross. <laughs> oh, it worked. It worked. Well, I meant it. It's
2: like it's like a trust fall. It's like a trust fall. You just got to do it once. By the way, 3 months these are arbit- these are the same people saying to go to bed at 9:39. These are made up <laughs> Thank things. Thank you.
0: Right. Thank you. In fact, is an Uber rating arbitrary? Pete, do you have your Uber rating?
2: I did, I looked it up when you guys were looking yours up. Okay, okay right up.
1: And I just got Drew's, by the way. I do, I have yours. Oh God, Uh-oh. oh no. What's yours first, Pete?
2: Uh, 4.73, is that good?
1: This is very good. It's not okay. a 4.89, but it's
0: good. <laughs> Ross has a better rating, but he's more intimidating about saying "I love you." See, these are what all all of us humans. Well, that's are my problem.
2: On. I get in the Uber and I go, "I love you with my whole heart," <laughs> and I'm probably freaking some of these people out. Uh,
0: listen,
1: I will say we have good Uber ratings, and Drew Barrymore, yours is really good too. It's not as good as ours. 4.68. I'm so mad! You are the nicest person I've ever met, but I bet you it's the late, the it's running. It's the but, late! Yeah. It's
0: that I keep them waiting, go mm-hmm. All right, you know what? Here's a goal, I'm gonna get that Uber rating up. That is a challenge you can do, Drew. And we're gonna Jimmy Fallon, his Uber rating. All right, next story. We're uh, talking potty pastimes. Oh. (laughs) We've checked about checking your phone on the toilet. (laughs) Apparently most people do use their phone on the toilet. This is a thing. Fine with it. Um, But it turns out uh, there might be a snacking on the toilet thing happening. I know. Metro reports uh-uh. a new poll found 18% of adults said that they've had a nibble while they dribble. No, stop <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> yes, actually, one or number two was not specified. God. So let's just say one in six people admit to snacking on the bowl. Um, okay. <laughs> Ross, no, yeah. don't odds.
1: even ask me. I do not. I do where do the crumbs go?
2: You just op- open your legs just nope. a little bit it goes straight down.
0: <laughs> you do the same thing on the couch, just brush yeah, them off. Yeah, straight just... down. T-
1: tell me you don't eat on the toilet.
2: I'm on the toilet right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Pete Holmes, we love you so much. Will you please come back as soon as possible so we can talk oh, more? yes. About Please. how we roll, which premieres tonight, everybody at 9:30 Eastern
2: on CBS.
0: Month, I love you so much. I love you guys. I,
2: I love, love, you, love you, Ross. You. Don't forget. <laughs> love you. 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 Love you.
0: He just doesn't. You love him, I love him. He's actually family to me. And he's the host of The Tonight Show. God, he was SNL, he's an incredible author, a great husband, a great father, and just the ultimate supreme human being. It's Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> oh, <Anna. laughs> oh my
4: God. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> This is fantastic.
0: The last time,
4: this the is, this is, I mean, there the are people here. It sounds great.
0: right, I love you guys. I love you. Wait, the last time you were here, was there not an audience still?
4: It was no. It was pre. It was pre anything. Because so we've done the
0: show a bunch of times, but I think is this the first time? First time, time back after with an a, audience. Yes, exactly right. So his wife Nan and I started Flower Films, our production company, when I was nineteen. Um, So 28 years ago. You dared my wife. I dared your wife to start a production company. And Um, you guys knocked it out of the park. And me and Chris Miller and Jimmy, and then we all met on Fever Pitch and Nan and Jimmy fell in love and got married and had two kids.
4: (laughs) You were good luck. You were very good luck for me. Uh, I,
0: I'm, I'm loving
4: this show, by the way, it's crushing, everyone's good, Ross, I don't see him, but maybe he's hiding, Rossi. he's awesome. Right. He's fantastic, the show's great, it's what you want in the morning. I want you, I want your sunshine, I want your energy.
0: Do you have like a ritual before you go out every night? What goes through your mind before that curtain opens? Can you bring us inside your head and your heart, or like, what? What is it be, be, be before it, that curtain opens every it's night?
4: Butterflies. It's butterflies, it's excitement, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, you get a quick touch up of hair and makeup, you make sure your suit's on, then they're like, you hear the roots are playing, there's a curtain here, and Higgins gets announced, he comes in, it's like, how many seconds? 20 seconds, and the band's like, oh, 20 seconds, and then it's quiet. Then the band kicks in, you see the title, and then when I'm about to go out, it's it. The light hits the curtain, you can see the circle, and then it just fluffs out and you're like, all right. And you go out and it's like going, starting a race or going into the ring or something where you're just like, I don't know if these jokes are funny. This is the first time I'm reading them. They were, there was nothing on the page this morning. My amazing writers wrote all of these jokes today. Like as of this morning, there's no, right now, there's no monologue. It gets done in the afternoon.
0: Well, also because you have to be current. A lot of that monologue for someone like me, the viewer is also getting information and news. I love that about opening monologues. Not only are you getting comedy, but you are getting information about what is going on in the world that day. Yeah,
4: yeah, you are. You you shouldn't, but yes, you are. Yeah, (laughs) please read the news and whatever and (laughs) go to better outlets. But yes, I used to do that when I was a kid, like with Weekend Update too. That's how I'd find out what's going on in the world. I go. I don't know what's going on in the world, but I know now through you know uh, Dennis Miller and you know.
0: I mean, Weekend Update is such a big influence on the Drews' news. Like, because I I grew up loving Weekend Update, and one of my favorite iterations, obviously, is you and Tina Fey. Come on!
4: (laughs) She's the the absolute greatest. We had such a good chemistry. It was like the, uh, the kid who didn't do his homework and uh, the smart girl that's gonna give him the answers. That's kind of how our chemistry was like, and she was just so fun. And I remember just, she would write these monologues like for her, like she'd write jokes for me all the time, but she wrote these monologues for her that would just destroy. I mean like wiping your tears and going like, oh my gosh, can we give an Emmy every episode to this person? Tina Fey is a genius.
0: Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Um, I think this book, because I've read all of the books, I have all the books, we read all the books, me and my two daughters, one of which is your wife's goddaughter. Yeah. Um, It started out with Dada.
4: Yeah, it did, yeah, it took off.
0: My baby's first words is Dada, my favorite Nana, uh, Mama.
4: Everything is Mama, then this is Baby, was one where it's like a baby body book, like where's your nose, where's your eyes, and stuff like that, it's cute.
0: And now it's, Nana.
4: But his Nana loves you more, and you know why he loves you more. Why? Billy J, That was his line. If you said, Nancy's father, if you said, bye, Billy Jay, I love you, he would say, I love you more. And I was like, wow, that's such a good line. I wish I was not. <laughs> and so I, yeah, I took from that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I love you more, he always said. And so I want grandmas, and they're, grandkids to get in the room, they get the parents out of there and let's just go. Me and you, let's <laughs> make some memories and they go, uh, and the, basically the idea is, is like, what, what do you love? Uh, and the grandma says, Wh- whatever it is you love, I love you more than that. So you can think of anything in the world. They're like, uh, chocolate, chocolate bar fountains? And you're like, yeah, I love you more than that. I love you more than- Wait, you know. hold on. Which one? Yeah, uh, know, there's only 10 pages. Um- <laughs> But they're all quality pages. Will you,
0: you read like two or three pages?
4: <laughs> oh my gosh. Because
0: it, it, I'm sorry, it's the most selling point of the book. It's so good. Uh,
4: more than the moon, more than the stars, more than all of the planets by far. Uh, more than Paris and the Eiffel Tower. More than cats with super cat power. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's like This is weird. I got to be really creative with this one. It's uh, so good. I, you know what it is? I, I I I got a little weepy with this one too, because I like books that are a little sad, but not too sad. Uh, from from forever, from one past one hundred and four, you'll always love Nana, but Nana loves you more, because even when Nana's not around, the love that you get from a grandma, you don't never forget. And if you're lucky to get it, it's the coolest.
0: You're really lucky to get it.
4: Right?
0: Yeah. Um, by the way, um, have you looked up your Uber rating?
4: I just did, and I'm a little upset uh, because I'm, I think I'm very nice to my Uber drivers, v- beyond nice. At one point, I even offered to drive. Yeah, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, like the best. I'm the best person you want. I don't want music. I don't want anything. I don't complain. I don't do anything. I, I got a 4.88. I, I, I rate them five stars no matter what. Every I'm, time! What am I gonna do? What? Am I gonna ruin somebody's life? they drive me in a car? I go, yeah, five, I don't care. Five. Even I don't if know if were... I'll ever see you again. Well, five, five, five. I don't know. I why am like a give rate people. Everyone. Once we start rating people, this is gonna be a disaster <laughs> of a society where it's like, hi, I'm a 3.5. Yeah, I figured, I figured Well, you were.
0: it turns out you have a higher rating than I do.
4: Oh, this is unbelievable. But we've been in Ubers together.
0: Many times, and we will be in many more.
4: You know, I heard uh, I did some interview about you recently and they asked Really? Me, yeah, and they asked me uh they said, what's it like meeting Drew Barrymore for the first time? Do you remember the first time? Is, is she iconic? You know, and I said, yeah, she is. I go, it's like meeting the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> and then after a hundred dance parties later, you, she's still the Statue of Liberty, but you just kind of hung out with her and you got to know who the Statue of Liberty is. You're the one and only, you're Drew Barrymore. You're iconic. Not <laughs> quite the Statue of Liberty, but yeah. It's something like that. Like you're, if well, people I find- meet you, you should be like, people freak out when they meet you. I've been with you when people meet you, so the Uber drivers might freak out and be like, how can I give more than five stars? One star, I don't know what they do. Look at this. Yes, that's what I'm saying. This, ex- <laughs> this is what, this is how it is.
0: Well, you might have a higher rating score with me than Uber, but we love to play games. We're Uber competitive. We're,
4: yeah, we are Uber. Pun intended. Yeah, pun intended, Uber competitive.
0: Uber yeah. competitive. What you got? I got a game for you.
4: Oh, no, 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 am I gonna lose?
0: You started with games, and I think the reason it worked so well is because it wasn't some butt kissy like, you're here to show how cute people are when they play games, you play to win. Oh, I beat Betty White at beer pong.
4: So yeah, I, I <laughs> took her down. I, oh, I didn't stop. I go, yeah, I know she's a legend and all, she's cute. I go, but let's drink up, Betty, let's go.
0: Well, we have a game, and you're just gonna have to come back to see who wins.
4: All right, let's we'll see. We'll be right
0: back. Jimmy Fallon. Now, Jimmy, you're the best. You're the king of games on your show. I feel like you set the bar. Mm. And so we wanted to try a game with you here. We've never done it before. Um, It's a trivia with a twist. It's called, who knew, don't spew?
4: Yeah, I don't uh... (laughs) know. I don't even like, I don't like the title. I don't like the title already, I'm already
1: freaking out.
0: Well, I know, I know your worst fears, so Ross, explain the game. Oh my God, Jimmy is so nervous. Okay, I'm gonna ask general trivia questions. You're each
1: gonna answer the All same right. question using your whiteboards, yes. and for every wrong answer, you have to take a step closer to your worst nightmare. It's not mayonnaise, right? Well, Jimmy, you know, whoever gets the, the the prize right is gonna win a prize for your side of the audience. Jimmy, you're playing for the left side over here, Yeah, that's all right? right. Come on, guys, let's do it. Well, let's win!
4: I feel like it's rigged. I feel like this is rigged.
1: Okay, and then you're gonna, you'll, you'll take a step for every wrong answer toward the box. Whoever reaches the yellow circle first, oh my god, will have to eat whatever is under the box. Now you mentioned something that you don't like. It what better was it? not
4: be. Please, no, no, it can't be mayonnaise. It can't.
1: Oh, it can't be mayonnaise. I,
4: I will, I will throw up if it's mayonnaise. What's
1: your worst fear, Drew? Goat's cheese. Oh yeah, you know what? I knew this about both of you. Let's take a look. What's under there? Yeah.
4: So disgusting.
1: So, yeah, that. <laughs> that be- look at uh, this, this.
0: Get away from it. Look at this. It side. is so good. Don't do no, it. Now. No, I'll no. Wait. Okay, all okay. don't understand just, I how just... big Jimmy's fear is with the mayonnaise. It's. <laughs> oh, oh. Are you ready look to at play? It. I
4: can't even look at it. But I will win for you guys. I, I will win. Let's do Okay.
1: It. I'm going to so do my best for you guys. <laughs> First question, this is easy. Uh, which president is on the $1 bill? Write down your answer. If you get it right, you stay put. If you get it wrong, you have to step towards your worst fear. Drew, George Washington, yes, you both got it right. Jimmy got it right, too. Clear your boards. This is such a curveball. Okay, question number two What is the largest continent? Drew wrote her answer down. She wrote Asia. Oh, wait. <laughs> Jimmy, reveal yours. Wakanda. <laughs> Sadly, Drew got it right. Are you Jimmy. Sure? And that's incorrect. So you're going to step to our pink dot. Are you <sighs> sure is not bigger? I'll check it, but I'm, I think it is Asia. All right, uh, next question. Name Kim Kardashian's four children in chronological order. Drew's writing. (laughs) Wait, wait. All right, reveal your answer. Drew, you wrote North Saint question mark Psalm. Not, I mean really close though, I have to say. Jimmy, what did you write down?
4: I wrote a stick, Jack, Carl and Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Any of them right?
1: Well, you're both gonna walk forward one step.
0: Right. Yes, North
1: St. Chicago song. Okay, next question. What is the periodic symbol for potassium? <laughs> <laughs> Drew wrote down Poe. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy wrote down. Peepy? <laughs> 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 it is the letter K. K, yes, we have scientists right. K. up K. here K. in the audience. Letter K. a lot of people knew that. How
4: about this? This question's <laughs> worth five points.
1: Is it? Yes. Well, you're both stepping forward. That's all I know, okay? Step forward. This,
4: one, this one's worth five points. <laughs> one, two, three. <laughs> yeah, okay. whoever gets this one wins.
1: All right, so here's the question. Johnny Carson was the host of The Tonight Show for 30 years. What was his astrological sign? <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Any other
4: question? Uh-huh. Any other question I could get Johnny Carson? What 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 car did he drive? Wow. <laughs> what is his astrological sign? <laughs> oh my God! I
1: don't even know if I don't even know if Johnny knew. <laughs> I don't even know he had an astrological sign. <laughs> <Sony. laughs> All right, reveal it. Drew wrote Scorpio. Jimmy wrote Virgo. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> well, because there were actually two answers. I would accept. Libra or Scorpio, cause he was on the cuffs. But he was not a Virgo. <laughs> Which means, Drew's safe, but Jimmy, you must step forward.
4: I'm honestly really freaking out right now. This is like, honestly. <sighs> Hold on, we got you a little one right here.
2: <laughs>
4: Alright, let me hold on, hold on, hold on. Let mm-hmm. me just focus up. I don't know, I don't know if I use a real spoon either way. Alright, just a pinky.
1: Okay, we'll take a pinky. Will we accept a pinky? Yes.
4: <clears throat> a little bit. Ah! It I see too much on my pinky. I put <laughs> too much of my pinky on there.
1: Oh Jimmy, oh Jimmy. Okay. Just yeah, get it yeah. off. Can someone get it off? Yeah. Can I'll you get just, it okay. off with this, please? Yeah, here, here, here. I'll just hear you just got it. just
4: anything to get you this it. off yeah, my body. Okay, it is unbelievable. Go. Okay. Does my side get any prize at
1: all? So.
4: Does my side get any prize at all? Well, no! Well, no. <laughs> it is disgusting what that is. Unfortunately,
0: Jimmy, you did lose, yeah. which is a very rare thing. But. Good news, you're all going home with a hundred dollar gift card to bookshop. (laughs) Bookshop.org supports local bookstores and that is so important. I love booksellers of all varieties and also you can get a copy, of course, of the one and only Nana Loves You More, Jimmy's new book in his franchise of children's books and it's available now online and in stores.
1: Oh my gosh. You you were so brave. I will say, a true friend would eat the goat cheese to support Jimmy. (laughs) Yeah, you're right, that's actually a great idea.
4: Yeah, all right. Oh God. Oh, 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 God! Now you got it. Oh all, right, all right, that's it. Guys! Guys! We'll be right back! Come back! We're going the find we her
0: right huh. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your
1: comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana.
0: a little pick-me-up, a pat on the back, or the old high-five. And here's a little dose of you-can-do-it energy from someone we love. I just heard the coolest metaphor and I wanna share it with you guys. You could be the whole package
2: and still get delivered to the wrong address. And then when that happens, the receiver is gonna mishandle you because they don't know what to do with you. They weren't meant to get you in the first place, so they don't value you enough. So bottom line, you're the whole package. You're either
0: just at the wrong house we're still on the truck. I feel more motivated already. Welcome back, it's time for another edition of Cookbook Club, and joining us today is New York Times columnist and author of his beautiful debut cookbook, Korean American Foods That Tastes Like Home. Please welcome Eric Kim. Thank you. How do you feel when you get to drop the mic and be like, yeah, I work for the New York Times?
3: (laughs) Uh, It feels, I don't know, that's my job. It's like my my day job that I love, but this all is just so new for me. It's my first book, so this all feels very surreal. Take us
0: through the dish we are making. Teach us, teach us, teach us.
3: Yes, okay, so this dish is very exciting, near and dear to my heart. It is at the end of this section called TV dinners. And so, you know, right now we have this kaibe going. Kaibe is a short rib that's been cut a certain way, and it's a really convenient cut because it cooks pretty quickly. We're just frying it with salt and pepper. You know, I've tested this multiple ways, but the simplest is often the best. So, it's quite easy. We just need to flip it now, I think. Ooh, oh my see? God, look at that, that, that great. Sarah. Yeah, yours looks great.
0: Oh God, it smells so good, you <laughs> guys.
3: So, you know, this is just going, and what you do is, Start the potato salad while that's going.
0: I love potato okay. salad so, so much. So we
3: should get Jimmy out here again because there's mayonnaise.
0: Oh! <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean he really, no hit, goat cheese, though. it is his kryptonite. Yeah.
3: So you know actually what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna mash this up. This potato salad is like amped up. It's just so delicious and something that you can bring to a picnic. I like having it a little warm and it, that's the pleasure of making this at home. Because this is actually, we're gonna see it, it looks like the Korean uh, restaurant kind it's we're gonna have it like as a scoop And so we're just adding some cucumbers. I'm you don't like this. I'm yeah. just
0: getting rid of my nice. excess yes. water
3: You don't want the excess water So these cucumbers have been drained with like a little salt and it's kind of part of my mom was like you need to um, Make sure that there's no water in the cucumbers and I thought that was genius because it makes the, it makes the mashed potatoes last longer In the fridge. Oh, yeah, if there's less water so and then, these vegetables, does everyone recognize these?
0: Oh, a, me- a frozen medley,
3: <laughs> Never yes. seen them before, they came from a garden, but it's just, it has to be this mix. It has to be yellow, green, I love the word medley. And- <laughs> yeah. So, this mayonnaise has vinegar and sugar. The sugar balances it, don't be afraid. There's a little salt as well, if you wanna season it later. But, you know, you add as much or as little as you want, honestly. Um, and i will probably do a little salt, because salt's good. Salt brings out everything, you know, And. When you mix it up, you'll see it's this really beautiful, it looks confettied, I call it confettied. <laughs> Mashed potatoes. So this is called kamja salad. Kamja? Yes, kamja means potato and you know, we know salad.
0: Um, tell me about the barbecue sauce.
3: Okay, so yum, yeah, that tastes good. You can have a taste if you, if you wanna like, see how, it, how it, it's balanced. You wanna like add salt, you wanna add pepper if you want. It's all whoa. about what you like. Oh, whoa. It's good, right? It's very simple. It's
0: very simple. Oh my God, I was not expecting that.
3: <laughs> I love that. There's so, a
0: little bit of acid.
3: <laughs> There's a little acid, yeah, it's important. Um, but then, you know, the mayonnaise, it's, it's also the sugar that you might be reacting to. Wow. It balances everything else. I'm all about balance and that that reaction, thank you. I like surprising people when they take a bite, they're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that.
0: And the pea and the corn pops, I love yeah, it. it's
3: great, it's really comforting. I think kids... What's
0: in the barbecue okay. sauce?
3: So. <clears throat> This is the glaze that we're using to, you know, lacquer these ribs that we've cooked up. And it's really just like ketchup, brown sugar, Worcestershire sauce, garlic. It's like all these really delicious ingredients. I really think that these flavors, what I loved about this, this book and this recipe specifically is that these, it tells a story of my cooking that I remember growing up with, but also my mom's past. And so this is sort of a love letter to my mom and it's gonna make me cry cause I just like can't do this uh, press door without like talking about my mom and crying, but you know, she remembers eating this at restaurants in, in Seoul when she was like a 19 year old. And I remember eating as a 19 year old on like my couch in Georgia, you know? So this book was an opportunity to like talk to her and kind of interview her and get to know her story and find those resonances where we both kind of meet in the middle. And it's, it's about bringing the past into your present. Um, and that's kind of the, sp- <laughs> the spiel that I have about the thesis of this book, which is write down your family recipes, but also also innovate a little and have fun.
0: I think it speaks to also what Jimmy, you know, yeah. was here to talk about. is these books that really celebrate your families if you're so lucky to have them or the found families that you create and bringing children into knowing That it's not to be taken for granted, and we have to keep those memories alive. So I think this is a perfect show to honor your book and your family. We're gonna go (laughs) to a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're gonna wrap it up and show you how to finish it off. We'll be right back. of his debut cookbook, Korean American. And Eric is bringing back the nostalgic TV dinner with a modern twist. I mean, I love this. I talk about TV dinners all the time. I feel like we need to modernize them. What was your like point of view?
3: You know, I really think that a TV dinner is about the comforting flavors that you remember from your childhood. You know, this one's just a little more homemade, but the potatoes—they get kind of like crispy at the edges, which oh were, yeah, they do. That was really And you do—you
0: have like a little medley. Yeah, it's um, so... I love that those are also garnished, which we didn't have on this one. But okay, we're going to garnish it's, right now.
3: Sesame seeds. With a that's little it. sesame
0: seed. Um, good way to portion control too. Yeah, yeah,
3: that's true. We have
0: two best friends in the audience, uh, Whitney and Tim. Yeah. Um, where are you? Hi, guys. Yay. Hi. And we like. Communal eating here. So will you guys taste this along with us? Oh absolutely. Yes. How long have you guys been friends? Uh, three years? three years? Oh my god. Yeah. I'm oh so my excited. god. What did you eat first?
3: You like it? I'm so it's happy so cool. for you. I'm mm. um, so happy
0: to be new friends with you, okay, Eric. Thank you. This is the most beautiful sauce. It's so sweet and tangy. And
3: tangy and sweet and like savory. Oh my gosh. Mm. Worcestershire sauce is amazing if you like really use it. I like overdoing flavors. I <laughs> also balance each other find
0: a potato sauce, even though this is mm. on the warmer side, cooling to the mm-hmm. palate after something so zesty.
3: Exactly. Whitney
0: and Tim, thoughts quickly before we end the show. Uh, amazing. So
3: good. Delicious. The, spir- the ribs are so good. The sauce is just, oh.
0: It's incredible. I'm so Very glad. Very happy. Oh my God. Well, thank yeah. you so much for eating with us. And Eric Kim, your beautiful new cookbook, Korean American Food That Tastes Like Home, which really is about home. It's, you know, a love letter to your mother. And I think this is a show about writing love letters in book forms to our families. <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: So thank you so much. This is sold wherever books are sold. Get your hot little hands on this beautiful book. And thank you so much everybody for choosing to spend your time with us because we make this show for
3: you. So just take it with you.